I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. You woke up the other morning and went into the bathroom to... Relieve myself, because it was morning. Yes. You had mentioned the day before that your period was busy. It was. But I get in the bathroom and, and it, it looks like a murder scene happened in there. <laughs> it's like there's blood everywhere. There's like a big thing of blood on the carpet in front of the toilet, but then there's a footprint and <laughs> blood all the way to the sink and blood all over the sink. And it looks like you washed up some of the blood. So there's blood and water all over the place. And and I think some clothes with and, that had been rinsed out were still sitting on my sink. And there was blood on the carpet by the sink. And, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I thought, no wonder guys, like cisgendered guys, can freak out about this bleeding thing, because it really, it looked like a murder scene in there. Yeah. I had woken up in the middle of the night. I obviously, <laughs> and murdered a few people, <laughs> and left traces in the bathroom. <laughs> yet You're only going to get one person's DNA out of that, sorry. Yet everybody was still alive at our house, including the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I had woken up and I had dealt with Shark Week. I'm not a big fan of it, but... You, good thing you never went anywhere near any sharks, man. Uh, Your DNA would have been missing, too. <laughs> yeah, I have the period from hell. I've always had the hormones from hell. It's just kind of the way it works. and You got the serious hormones. I do have serious They don't hormones. mess around. They do not. They're, they're all all business, man. They totally are. They mean what they're saying. That's it. I don't want them anymore. I, I don't think you wanted them before. I didn't. Right. But, you know, I had woken up and realized that I had a mess to clean up. And so I woke up and I cleaned it up and I didn't want to turn on lights and wake you up. And like my period and all my hormones are off the hook. And the way that plays into my gender and my sense of self, you know, it really makes me consider all the different aspects that play into gender identity between physiology and hormones and brain chemistry and brain structure and prenatal environment and all the rest, because combine my hormones from hell with me being all gender weird and I'm never quite sure what to do with myself. It just occurred to me that you may be an early version of the fifty first century guy. I'm the where the differences started. You know? Yeah. They had to start somewhere back in, in evolution. Well I think that was more a question of being enlightened beyond an understanding of I didn't take it as enlightenment. I took it as functioning differently as well. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Like you just said, these extreme hormone experiences lead you to think about all the aspects of what goes into gender. Mm -hmm. And when they said 51st century guy, I took it to mean other gender-related expressions as well. I guess that makes sense. So, anyhow. Over the course of a month, I think, like, my dysphoria is not the worst. Like, with some guys, they get all bent out of shape over Shark Week. For me, that's the relief period. I was just going to say, yeah, that's a relief after what just happened before it. My time when I hate my body the most is a 
about a 36 to 48 hour period between seven and 10 days ahead of my period when I get... You don't like anything. I don't like anything, especially and especially myself. Yourself. I hate everything. I hate myself. I'm a complete failure, and I'm no good to anybody, and I'm a waste of oxygen, and I fail at everything, and Those everybody should hate me. Those hormones are mistreating you. They totally are. Yeah. At that point, I can recognize that this is my body doing this to me. Right. But you still have to survive it. I do. And so by the time my period comes around, it's such a relief that it's like... I don't care that it's wrong. It's done. You don't care that you're creating a murder scene everywhere you go. <laughs> I don't. And you can't even go very many places. No. Over the course of a month, my dysphoria really does shift based on my hormones. And it's kind of weird to have that fluid experience because there's not a lot of vocabulary established for that. And so to try and discuss it, it's taken us, I think, like three or four months to come up with enough words to have a proper episode about this. Seven or eight, I think. Okay. Yeah. Because Three or four where we've gotten closer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the vocabulary around binary transgender experience is fairly well established mm -hmm. because just like the majority of the Earth's population, a majority, I wouldn't say the vast majority, but I would say at least a clear majority, at least 51% mm -hmm. of transgender individuals have a binary experience. They are assigned one gender. They identify as another gender. I wonder if, not that there's any way to accurately measure this, especially at this point in our time in the world, right. but if the amount of folks who are non-binary transitioning are the same percent as the folks who are non-binary non-transitioning. I don't know. And as a non-binary non-transitioning person currently, mm -hmm. I have not completely ruled out the option of ever transitioning, but it's not in my plans for the time being. Mm -hmm. It's not suitable to my position in life at the moment. I understand how that works. Yes, you understood how that worked for a few decades. Yes, I did. Which is another reason that I totally don't discount the possibility of it someday. Right. But I never wanted any children to be birthed out of there. I was sort of like, yeah, it's there. And that's kind of how I feel about my body a lot. Yeah, it's there. It's useful. I don't really connect with it. It's not really like me. It's just this thing that carries me around. And so if this is how it works, then I might as well use it the way it works. I'm shaking my head, no. Not for me. No. <laughs> no. I never feel quite at home in my body. It doesn't feel like me. But then... Again, coming back to the sense of not really having the vocabulary, there is no model for what is right when something feels wrong. To recap what we do know about this, and to recap if any of you heard us on Sabrina Miller's podcast, Changes in Latitude, when she interviewed us, there is enough understanding if you compare the transgender experience of being one identity and one body that are not in congruence, mm -hmm. and then comparing that to a physical anatomy that would be expressed by any of 
a number of intersex conditions. Mm -hmm. Approximately one in 2,000 people have bodies that are not binary, that mm -hmm. have either anatomy or hormones or genetics or brain structures, any number of things that are indicative of both or neither portion of a gender binary. Mm -hmm. And then you apply that to the transgender experience where there are numerous conditions of intersex that have different phenotypes, different physiological expressions. Mm -hmm. Genderqueer is another umbrella term like intersex, where there are numerous expressions. And so each individual has come up with sort of their own understanding and their own vocabulary for their experience. And you can find a lot of these online, especially in Tumblr. But there, there isn't as well-defined or well-understood of a vocabulary or a common experience to sort of guide what can be done or what should be done or what remedies are available when something is not suitable or how to discuss what vocabulary, like we said, what terminology, what turns of phrase are appropriate. Right. And so... When I am dressing myself in the morning and I'm thinking, gee, I wish I could wear George's clothes, but my body would not fit those clothes and I don't intend to change my body, so I wear these other clothes. In that moment, my sense of self shifts slightly. And I think I've told you this before, that the more feminine I present myself, the more masculine I feel because it becomes a drag act. Which I could never have pulled off. No, the very rare occasions on which you wore a dress, you looked like a dude in a dress. Yeah. Even with lumps and curves. Because I was. You were. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Granted, I am five foot eight with broad shoulders and a barrel chest, and I had to work really hard to find something of a waist to make it look like I had hips. But the clothes need a little help to fit me, too. Mm -hmm. And I wear a lot of shaping undergarments, mm -hmm. like trans women do, to give the curves where they're supposed to be. And a lot of cisgender women wear shaping undergarments, too. But it's kind of funny, because there's this difference in seeing an outfit online or in a catalog or in a store and saying, oh my gosh, that is such a cute dress. I could never get away with wearing that dress. And sometimes it's, that dress is built for a shape that's not me. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be able to wear that dress, but that dress is not made for my figure. Mm -hmm. And this is something that a lot of women have to deal with, especially middle-aged parental women mm -hmm. whose bodies have made children and fed children and are never going to look like models again. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense of that's a young person's clothing item. Or that's a thin person's clothing item. Or that's a curvy person's clothing item. You ever seen a skinny woman try and wear apple bottom jeans? I don't know what apple bottom jeans are. They're jeans made for big booty hip girls. They're really cute on girls with curves. I'm just going to believe you. Okay. Okay. There's a difference between dressing your shape, which is one type of dissatisfaction in my body. Mm -hmm. Then this completely different sense of wrongness in the genderedness of the outfit. Right. I think it's harder for some women's clothes, like thin 
younger women's clothes you can find some more masculine clothes in they can get away with some boys clothes items it's more socially acceptable to dress yourself androgynously if you have what is considered to be a fit or slender figure there are some very butch women who are you know busty bigger gals who wear leah delaria who plays big boo you ever see her dress nicely, like at the premieres or doing her stand-up? I'd have to see the pictures, but I can picture it because I I've seen lots of butch women wearing those mm -hmm. masculine clothes. And I used to dress myself that way before I had kids. Mm -hmm. And I had short hair, and you've seen pictures. And the one picture that you've seen was when I had just had my eyebrows done because I was dating a Mary Kay lady. And you said you were butch. And I said not with those eyebrows. Yeah, fair enough. I used to wear men's clothes, and it felt more natural, mm -hmm. but it was also terribly unprofessional. There is no way to fit these curves into those clothes and fit our culture's expectation of a middle-aged professional woman. I'm trying to find a way around it, because that's how I am. I know you are. <laughs> you ain't going to find one. I tried, believe me. And so I, I started taking on more feminine clothes, and I do enjoy wearing dresses because they make me feel a little more masculine, and I do enjoy playing drag, and there's this sense of, hee hee, they think I'm a girl, mm -hmm. that's kind of fun and kind of subversive and kind of dealing with things by laughing about them instead of crying mm -hmm. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just this really weird disjointedness between presentation and identity. And the other thing that really makes me think is, you know, we understand the gender unicorn and the different aspects of orientation, identity, romantic orientation, sexual orientation, sexual behavior, romantic behavior. In my world, that lack of definition for gender really is pervasive. It's not, you know, here's what I like and here's what I am. None of it has any gender, except when it does, and then it's the weird in-betweeny gender. Right. Both and neither. I think that's why my cousin, Vinny, liked the article that you had written mm -hmm. and submitted it to Gender Fork. Uh, Some while ago, yeah. Like, before you and I ever even met. Right. I had read that and sent it to my cousin, and my cousin was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> that one! Pick that one! <laughs> Because my cousin is very like that. Vinny is like that. Yeah. And so at that point, they were like, yes, pick that one. Stick with them. Yes. And I won. I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all this sort of weird in-betweeniness between, you know, attraction and orientation and identity. And I think the only thing that doesn't fit with any of those is my presentation. Because you see a lot of trans people who are like, well, here's what I am, but here's what I like. And, you know, there used to be an assumption of liking girls is a masculine thing and liking men is a feminine thing. And so if you want to transition to be a woman, you should like men. And if you want to be a man, you should like women. And now I think we've gotten past that idea, especially with Caitlyn Jenner, who called herself straight while she was presenting as male, but I hope she now conceptualizes lesbian, because if you're a woman and you like women, that's our word for it. Yes, currently so. It is. People are coming to terms with the fact that orientation and identity are separate things, except in my world, it's all genderless weirdness. Now, how do you think... 
my transition has spotlighted that. Well, like we've said before, it's sort of taken away that visible queerness that I really enjoyed being able to tie that in with my obvious gender nonconformity. It takes away one more obvious aspect of being gendery. Mm-hmm. I present as female and I have a husband. Right. But then... But you mean if you present as female and have a wife. Yes. When I presented as female and had a wife, that was obviously something that was more gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. And so it was one way to just queer my presentation ever so slightly, even if it was a totally social thing and not a physical presentation thing. Part of my social presentation was that aspect of gender nonconformity of having a wife. But even so, the fact that I am not really gender-specific in my attractions Mm -hmm. has not been, like, a thing between us. In the rest of the world, it has. And we've had some friends who have commented, like, well, isn't that weird for you now? No. (laughs) Well, I thought you were a lesbian. No. No. So are you still a lesbian? You can't still be if you weren't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think it's mostly the gay people who are confused. The gay people are mostly confused, yes. The straight people are like, well, you're bi then, right? (laughs) Something closer than... Yeah, it's better than lesbian. We'll go with that. Yeah, because... I don't know. Lesbian doesn't sit right either, because that would mean that I'm a woman attracted to women, and I'm not... You're a gender non-conforming person attracted to people. I am a human attracted to intelligence and a good sense of humor. There you go. Um, I don't know. And I, I imagine, though, the thing that you might have in common with some lesbians who decide to keep their wives that are now husbands is that they lose that visibility, too. Mm-hmm. And they lose that identity, which the way I can understand that is I'm a queer because I'm a trans guy and because I was queer for so long that that is part of me. Mm-hmm. That is part of my identity. Yes. Some trans guys don't relate as queers in the sense that they never felt like they were queers before that. Mm-hmm. I feel happy when I see a gender nonconforming person. Mm-hmm. I say, yay, look at that guy with makeup and a, what do you call those skirt things on boys? Kilt. The kilt. And what were they in the Star Trek Next Gen? Oh, scant. Scant. Yeah. When I see somebody doing some other gendery thing, I, I like that. I love the scant. Yes, you were very excited to see it twice. I we saw that. I was so happy to see the scant. I, I wish I could pull off a scant like that. I, if I ever did cosplay in a scant, I would totally bind and I would grow out my leg hair. Uh-huh. I couldn't do the girly scant. I'd right. have to do the man scant. Mm. I couldn't be the space cheerleader. <laughs> no. <laughs> in the the ways that you are gender nonconforming and the ways that I often recognize or relate to or respond to that, mm-hmm. th- those those things do exist. You know, first of all, I enjoy them. When you're standing around like dad barbecuing and marching around the kitchen <laughs> with your arms hanging there. <laughs> you bump at my table. And your, and your shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. You stand like a guy when you're doing your certain kitchen cooking things. Because I'm the chef, I'm not the cook. Yeah. I'm the dad at that point. I really am. That's who I identified with growing up. Yeah, and, and it's funny to me. I'm like, oh, there you go. And I think I've said before, I'm so glad that you enjoy that because a lot of straight guys don't enjoy when their femme-presenting wife gets masculine. Well, it is confusing to people. 
Yes. That's for sure. I had to figure out why the female identified people in our family and adopted family were having a hard time with you. You know, they like weren't relating or bonding or they seemed confused. And, and then I realized, oh, it's a gendery thing. They think my wife is a girl and that's not true. So they don't know what to do with that. And they They're, wanted to interact in typically feminine ways. They want to make small talk and they want to make pleasantries and they expect a slightly different shade to the language. You have none of those. I don't. And they didn't know what to do. And you said you, you've had that problem when you were younger before you figured out how to shift some of your interactions so that people could deal with them. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to do that in every situation. But then watching the other people and saying, oh, they think you're just a girl and it's not true. Right. You know, just because you can do your makeup better than most of them mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're girlier than them. Means I'm a fucking drag queen. Thank you very much. Yes. And you can walk like one. So there. Now, Only you when remember... I'm having sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, Cousin Vinny's friend when we were at the Trans March oh. some years ago in California. And, and you and I were both pushing strollers because number two and three were still like yeah. late toddlers, early preschoolers. Yeah. Cousin Vinny's friend says, uh, I think she's doing that for you. And your hips are going back and forth. <laughs> and that's what you do with your sciatica. And, and when I have, yes, because I've had sciatica since my second pregnancy, it comes and goes, the pain does. And when I'm in pain, I walk a little bit more shifty and wobbly because I'm shifting the weight around to avoid pinching that nerve. Right. So... Your presentation that way can be confusing with your clothes and your makeup. Mm -hmm. But you don't talk like that. You're like pleasantries. Can we talk about something useful? I don't have any interest in calling on the phone to chat. I don't have any interest in making conversation for the sake of conversation, That's... except in rare instances where you and I are feeling disconnected and I feel like I need to hear some words from you before I can fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> which is a terribly feminine thing, mm -hmm. which again is That's... back to this weird hormones it is and we're both aware that that's your hormones yes that are saying i don't feel connected because please, i please don't have me. enough words yeah make conversation with me which is why this podcast is good because it makes us have a half hour conversation every week a little bit longer than you cut the crap out of there so yeah mostly anyway. the dog snorting and whatever <laughs> Um, one of the things that cracks me up, and I know we've mentioned it in podcasts before, is when we go through the drive through to get a coffee or something, and you get up there and you roll down your window and say, I'll have a... And you bark it at the thing. And then they get what you want because they hurt you. Because if you said, I'd like a... They'll fuck it up. And you want to make sure they're hearing you. And you're also a performer. So I you do. can do this, but you totally have the man voice for the drive through <laughs> And it's great. Well, part of that is my performer's background. I was a performer before I became a teacher. My degree is in music and primarily in vocal music. Okay, but femme-identified people would not go up to the drive-thru and use their man voice. I'll have the French dip sub with bacon added and double beef and extra onion strings. And probably some extra sauce, too, because that's how you are. Oh, I'll ask for that when I get there. Yeah, you'll have extras extras yeah and then you eat it like a man i do yeah you shove that stuff in your face yeah. <laughs> fuck yes i'm, always, How else is it I'm looking eat? at you at dinner like dude you just told the kids to not talk with their mouth full what do you think <laughs> you're doing over there <laughs> sorry 
you know so yeah yeah so i just i just think oh wow yep trying to get them not to do other things is already bad too big of bites and then i'm shoving my mouth full and i know these things yes i do my best to remedy them number one child eats like that but not because he's a man Mm -mm. jake in my head absolutely not nope he eats that way because he's autistic and wants to get back to the computer yes so that's a whole nother story Mm mm-hmm so you do a lot of those things, and I see them, and they say, oh, look at that. And then you kind of look to see, like, that's okay, right? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, that's fine. Right. Whatever. That's, that's I feel great. worse for the people who don't understand what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to adapt. Yeah. Like before I transitioned and you told grandma something other than husband, some kind of dyke word. Oh, husband. Husband. Yes, because you're my lesbian husband. Yeah, and grandma was like, What? Because they don't know how to uh, adapt that stuff. Yes, before you transitioned and you were my wife and everybody saw you as my wife. And I was like, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, husband. Husband. They you were my husband. They didn't know what that was. No, like lesbian, husband, husband. They, they could at least follow enough to get that I was playing with words. and Yes. Yeah. So yeah, those things are good. Good. And I can tell you things easier because you're not a girly girl. And, you know, I I don't have anything against girly girls. Except when they're crazy. Unless you're trying to date them and they turn into a psycho hose beast. But otherwise, it's good. And a lot of times it could be hormones, it could be personality, but they have different ways of processing things. And you don't process things in a very female approach. No. And my SAGE test, which we both took... A couple times, right when you were beginning to transition. Mm-hmm. The first time we came up with the exact same score, negative 500 something, which said that we were both men. Mm-hmm. And then after you started transitioning, after you had been on hormones for a while, you got to negative 600 something, which means that the hormones had had their effect on your thought processes. Mm-hmm. I'm still negative 500 something. And I don't think like most cisgendered females think. I don't think like transgender females think. I think more masculinely. Means there's less trying to reason with you, (laughs) which I really appreciate. You're welcome. And we've often said to each other, thank you for not being a girl. Yes, we both say it to each other on a fairly regular basis because a lot of times girls would get butthurt about things or Mm -hmm. take things personally or... And we like girls. Girls are fine. I'm quite attracted to many of them. It's just trying to reason with them isn't always... We're not good at that, neither of us. Mm. There was a thing we used to say when we were both identifying as genderqueer female type people. And it was, I think, boys are stupid and girls are crazy. Yep. Because you will freely admit that since you've been on testosterone, some of your EQ has dumbed down a little bit. Yeah. Your emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. Like when you've gotten PMS and you're really like super PMS, there was one time in the last six months where you were super crazy emotional. And I thought, oh, shit, what do I do? I better keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Don't say anything until she asks and then say something really good. (laughs) I was scared. I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault. It was the hormones. But But there was no reasoning with you while those hormones were dealing with you. Because because they make me into an effing girl, and that for is like that day and a half, completely unreasonable. I effing hate it, and that I, I know think is why it. I get the most dysphoric about myself at that point. Because it's not a matter of my physical body and the anatomy is wrong at that point, but like my body has betrayed me. This is not me. 
I know that feeling. Menopause had me there. I remember. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know you're going to remember forever. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes, you will. But you'll probably have to deal with me in a few years too. I knew, I knew that, so I don't feel bad. And I'll be so Much. happy when I can have everything out. Although at that point, it will be a medically induced menopause. And so hopefully we will already be treating it and I'll have an endocrinologist on board to manage that transition before it starts. Right, right. There was the one time that I just thought I am obviously not in the same thought process that I know exactly what's going on, but this is scary. <laughs> And I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so anyhow, uh -huh. recently you had an experience to hang out with a bunch of female identified people by invitation, because again, you're mistakenly identified. viewed that way. Yes. The, the rest of our culture would assign me the female gender because I do present fairly femme. Yes. And so you, you said to me, we get a text message that says, will you come to our kid's birthday at this painting bar place, you know, there's... Grown child. Yes, the adult child. One of these drink and paint places. It was a girl's night. It was supposed to be a girl's night out, and yeah. that's what the text message said. Will you join us in our birthday for this person at a girl's night out? And I texted you and said, so here's what I've been invited to, and it, what I was texting you at that point was, this is a night that we are not supposed to have our child, supposed to be at other parents, but on the off chance that something happens, you know, here's what I am planning on. Mm -hmm. And as a afterward comment, I said, the fact that it's a girl's night out is mildly unsettling to me, but I can't quite figure out why. Like something about those words just doesn't strike me right. And I wasn't even thinking about it in like gendered terms. I was. You were because you've got more experience with dealing with this gender thing. For me, for years, it was just background noise because I had so many other things to deal with. Right. That a lot of times I don't attribute these things to gender. Just sort of like we had just now when we were saying, you know, that I had to learn how to deal with other people mm -hmm. in a more gender appropriate way to smooth over social interactions. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that those were gender things. Right. And so when I get this text saying, come to the girls night out, I wasn't thinking of it as a gender thing at first. I was thinking... Am I having mom guilt? Right. And I, I was thinking of it in gendery things. So I was like, well, so you'll be the dude with all the chicks. Welcome to my previous world. Um, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just and when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's also what I mean, though, by how has my transition highlighted the gendery differentness? Because you seem more aware of it than before, not just because you had gotten used to it, like I know I had, but because here I am doing all these things. And so it brings it in the spotlight on a regular basis. Yes. When you started transitioning, and we talked about this some months ago in a podcast that sort of briefly touched on my genderiness, and I'll find the episode number and put it in the show notes. As you're transitioning and as testosterone is having its effect on your interactions and your behaviors and your brain thought processes, and I'm seeing you come into a lot of behaviors that I naturally engage in and have had to occasionally train myself out of, I hadn't seen those things as being gendery. For most of my life, I have seen myself as just a person in, yeah, I've got a female assigned body, but, you know, it's just a vehicle to carry myself around in, so whatever, and I'm just me. Mm -hmm. If I'm having trouble dealing with other people, then I can just figure out something else that'll work. It was like a math problem to me. 
again, the more male approach. Problem solving. If the quadratic formula didn't work, then let's put it through some logarithmic... Your feelings do not get hurt about these things. No, because something I'm doing is wrong and I need to fix it. Or it's different and, it, you know, you it's can't do... It's different and it doesn't fit. Calculus if you need trigonometry. That's all. And, you and know... Girls, girls tend to get hurt feelings. That is true. I hadn't even thought of that. And again, of it's one you... of those... <laughs> I don't think in gender terms. Gender, I think we said before, our culture's understanding of gender is written in basic. And my understanding of gender is written in like Python. Right. Or Ruby. I don't know. It's not even the same operating system. I don't either. Because I don't know those, but I know what they are. Yeah. Well... I'm not that type of geek. No, but no. that's okay. So, did we mention that I'm getting a math degree? No. Okay. Yes, I am going back for a math degree. My first degree was in music. My master's will be in math, and hopefully my doctorate will be in ed tech. Nice. I'm I... glad for you. You look very pleased. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I like when you look pleased. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You're like happy dancing in your seat for me, yeah. which makes me really happy yeah, too. I'm glad. Again, STEM fields, not traditionally considered feminine things. But a lot of these things, I spent so much of my life concerned with so many other things. In my childhood, my physical and emotional safety and well-being was a much bigger concern than what the hell is wrong with my body. Mm -hmm. And going from there into immediately starting college with a disabled spouse and almost immediately getting pregnant, managing my family's needs for food, shelter. It, from my perspective, too, because you're pansexual, you weren't tripping on who you were attracted to. No. And because your generation is slightly different than mine, you weren't tripping on who you're attracted to. And what does that mean as far as your identification, your gender, your orientation, etc.? In high school and college, I knew a lot of people for whom their identity or their orientation was a political thing. It was... It often is at that age. But for me, I had so many bigger concerns than self-actualization. That was just a side note for you. Yes. So as I'm dealing with myself with all these things and not recognizing them as gendery, now that I watch you transition long way around to finally getting back to the question you asked, I do recognize, oh, George is doing this now. I've done this all my life. That's a gender thing. Shit. Maybe I'm more of a man than I thought I was. Maybe I'm less of a woman than I thought I was. Maybe this body brain thing is more of a thing than I thought it was. I think that's the real one right there. Yeah. The other ones I don't think really occurred to you before. No. But... Watching you repair your body and seeing the effects of it have sort of highlighted for me just how gendery some of these other things that I deal with are. Right. And I had never even thought of them in gender terms before because, again, gender is just not something that really computes. Well, and I understand that some of that is cultural gender stuff that people sorted into categories because they often happen that way. Yes, but, but some of it is innate and some of it is evolutionary. Which often is really surprising to my work wife. <laughs> when I'm like, after how many years of knowing her, like since 98. Wow. 98 or 99. So uh, almost so two decades. When I say to her last year, okay, I'm sorry, it's not my calendar. Remind me when your birthday is. And she's looking at me like, what? You've never forgotten dates before, but now that there's testosterone in your brain, you forget dates. Just very odd, random things that happen like that. Things where it's very clear that your behavior 
and your brain functioning and your thought processes have changed as a result of increased testosterone and decreased estrogen. And I really like it. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I'm very comfortable this way. Because the other way was not comfortable for you. No, and some people don't have as much comfort when they're transitioning. It's not what they expected. Yes. But a lot of people do find themselves very comfortable, and I am one of those. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. I don't know if any sort of hormone adaptation will help me. We'll start with the hysterectomy in a few years and see what happens then. The not bleeding thing for most people is pretty damn groovy. I bet. Yeah. I have to save up for a hysterectomy. Yeah. Because even with good insurance, there's still a copay for inpatient surgery. Right. So anyway... My gender is that weird intersex psychology of a little of both and a whole lot of neither, or sometimes a lot of one and a little of the other. And it is fluid, but it's that umbrella term of gender queer that includes things like gender fluid and non-binary and agender and bigender and... The world would be such a cooler place if lots of people were like this. They if wouldn't be so busy fighting over aware everything. aware of it. Yeah, but it would be even more fun if they were like this, not just aware. Okay, fair. That's my opinion. Although you tried to live in my camp for a number of years as a genderqueer female presenting but person. But if genderqueerness and genderiness and gender fluidness was part of our natural society, there would be places for it and there would be ways to express it. And that would be more fun. It would be. And in a lot of cultures there are, but in Western colonial society. Colonial indicating quite so much. All the people that the Europeans took over. With that particular type of choice of word, the stage of evolving of which we're in. Yes. (laughs) It, It would be a better place if more people were like this, as long as more people could be like cool about it. Yeah. And didn't all split off into factions of Tumblr age. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. All right. So, is that it? I think that is it. Okay. Good. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. I probably should have, apparently. (laughs) Lights and glasses next time. And glasses? Yeah, you know what I do? If I have to turn on the light in the middle of the night because I need, like, some naproxen or some aspirin or some old guy thing. Yeah? I close the door. (gasps) And then I turn on the light. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Closing doors has never been my specialty. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. Although you did lock it yesterday. I did. You locked the door to the garage, and I I was glad I had my keys so I could come home. Back to what you were saying about saying stuff. (laughs) We're going to talk about what I'm saying now. Yes. (laughs) Because you'll use words. I will. Yes. 
like I can't even get my car radio to work correctly. Mm-hmm. Let alone play the aux through the phone, through the wire, and plug it all in, make the iPhone do what it's supposed to. And now because you pronounced it aux instead of aux or aux or whatever, I'm thinking of like a big, hairy, quadrupedal have you, mammal. Have you seen the inside of my car lately after camping? Yeah. Okay, then. All right. The dog demonstrating what it would sound like <laughs> if he was. An ox? Yes. Okay. When you've gotten PMS and you're really like super PMS, which actually usually happens more in the summer than the winter. It does. Although I don't know how much of that is due to the fact that in the winter I'm at work and so I'm just plowing through and you and I interact less for you to notice it. Yeah, and then sometimes you take it off because you don't want to murder small people. Side note for you. Sorry, I bumped okay. the table. And that really was an accident. Yes, I just it's okay. didn't know where my elbow was. <laughs> you got, That happens with your body lately. It has in the last two years. Yep, pretty much. I go slamming into things and go, whoops. <laughs> didn't know my body was over there. You're, you're getting past your second puberty. You're not totally out of it yet, but you're, you're on the downslope, it seems. Yes. Well, liking girls is a masculine thing, and liking women is a feminine... Or, liking... You can't even get that. <laughs> I can't. You can't. Even, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>